Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Well, good morning. Hey, happy birthday, anniversary. So glad you guys are here. If you're a guest here, glad you're here. If you're joining us online, man, we miss you. I hope you were in the, I mean, I wish you were in the room because there's so much energy here. Oh my gosh. I was just talking to the band. I was like, I don't know if I can walk out after that, right? That was amazing, amazing. But man, I am so grateful. 17 years, people. 17 years. Yes, I know. I know. I know. Listen, Ash and I were 10 years old when we started this thing. And yeah, no, no, no. But we were definitely uh, young, dumb, and broke. We were definitely that. But uh, we are so glad you're here, so grateful, uh, and just, you know, when you, when you sit in something like this, like a moment like this, you always get a little weird. Like, how many of you, just be honest, on your birthday, you get a little weird? Okay, okay, let's, let's just do this. Okay, you're sitting with someone who gets weird. Anybody? Yeah. Right? You don't want to get weird, but you do get weird. You do. you just like, ah, don't make a big deal. But then it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Because secretly you're like, make it a big deal. Make it a big deal. Make it a big deal. Now, you and I have friends that you know it's a big deal because you knew months in advance that the birthday was coming. Anybody? Right? Like, yeah, yeah. People, people are pointing. People are like, yeah, yeah. The, 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 there's an on-ramp to the actual day. And then it doesn't stop on that day. Just what? It keeps on going for the month. They take a break for the summer, then they're back at it, and it's like continual, continual. But moments like that do remind us that there is more to life, and that's why we get weird. We get weird because we're like, hey, did I accomplish the life I, uh, that I wanted? The, am I living the life I really want to live? When you, in birthdays and anniversaries, there's this moment where you reflect back and go, okay, am I living, like, am I making a difference? Am I really getting somewhere? And the truth is, is that you and I were created for purpose. And that's why we have these conversations. Are we living life on purpose? So what I want to do today is I want to tell you our story a little bit, but I want to invite you to what we were invited to, Ash and I were invited to years ago when God said to start something that would change, I think, uh, the way people view church. And so God called us to this purpose. And the truth is, you know, and I know, You can't live without purpose, not just because you make your birthdays weird or things like that, because you have had this thought. You've had this thought, and you know this. You've had this thought, like you go to high school, you you graduate, and then you get into college, and it seems like college is kind of confusing, and you're like, ah, okay, now what? Now what, what do I do now? So you're navigating that. You get out of college, right? You're like, okay, I finally made it, done. I got a little bit of debt, a lot of debt, whatever. I got out, hallelujah, I'm out. 
But then you're like, okay, now what? Now what? And that now what continues, doesn't it? It does, for sure. Because then you land your first job and you're like, okay, okay, okay. Or you land your career. But then in the middle of that, you go, okay, now what? Is this it? You get the life you wanted. You just figure out all the things. Like everything works. Like you got the stuff. But then in the middle of that, you go, what? Now what? Now what? Now what? And it doesn't stop because there's something inside of you that says, hey, there, there could be more. And I would say that there you have eternity living in your hearts, as the scriptures say. That you were born for something so much bigger that even though you can have all the things and all the possessions, purpose drives you mad. Purpose lingers, stays with you. It's a scratch that just won't stop. Have you had one of those? It just keeps on happening, regardless of your stage. And I know that there's some of you, you're like, you know what? I, I just, in a, in a season, and I need purpose. So good news is that today, I want to invite you to a possibility that God is calling you to a purpose so much bigger, so much bigger. And yes, we want to have fun today. We want, to, we, we want you to get the swag. It's free out there. We want you to have donuts. We want you to just hug each other, be together, reminisce. But there is a purpose that's burning in God's heart that he wants to put inside of you because you were created with purpose. Let me read you this passage of scripture. It's found in Jeremiah 1. It says, before, before I formed you in the womb, what? I what? knew you. Before you were born, I set you, what? Apart. God has been dreaming about you and your life before you were born. Before you were born, he was like, oh, you know what's going to happen here. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. You worry about or you think about your future. He's been thinking about it before you didn't even know how to poop. <laughs> before he... Be, be, while you're imagining, oh, man, in 10 years, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And he's been thinking about that long ago. He says, I knew you before you were born, like before you were created. Like, just know that I made you with serious amount of intention and purpose. And, and you were made for it. And that's why. You're going to struggle with, when, you struggle with this idea that when you reach a level of success, it's not going to be enough. Because inside of you, significance screams louder. You're like, ah, just, yeah, but I just, am I, am I, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's not okay to live a long life. There's something inside of you that wants to, needs to leave some kind of legacy. And sometimes what happens is, is that people build monuments to themselves. They're like, I'm going to build a statue of myself, and people are going to remember that. And then, then people take them down. No. <laughs> but what God wants to invite you to is not live in pages of books, but in people's hearts. People, God wants you to move you out of this idea of significance where there are books written about you. No, 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 no. Now, there are stories being told about you for generations and generations because you made a significant impact in people's lives. That's the kind of purpose that I believe God is calling you to. And, and here's the deal. If you, and you're like, okay, name, you don't even know me. True, I don't know you. I don't know you. Some of you, I'm still trying to figure out. Like, what? What is that? Like, what is that all that? Right? Okay, you're laughing. It's probably you. Okay, anyways. 
No, it's Lynn. Lynn Vickery. Those of you who do not know, she's been here for, oh my gosh, 17 years, 16 years. Who's counting? Who's counting? Man, we got this guy who's doing security, walking around. Boy's been walking around for 17 years doing security. Foot full, he had a full head of hair, guys. He had, back in the days, Jerry Curl and all. No, man. So, I mean, I can just go down memory lane, but purpose, purpose. Let's talk about that. See, that purpose drove us to start this. God baited us with that kind of purpose. So, Ash and I, college, college sweethearts, like, she sent me a picture the other day of our ID, our College of Charleston ID pictures. I will have to post those. We gotta post those. Um, but we were living our best life. I just want you to know. We were in Charleston, South Carolina. And if you don't know what Charleston, South Carolina is, Google it, and it is one of the top destinations, places to go, places to live. We lived five minutes from the beach. We never went, but I'm just saying, <laughs> we lived five. Listen, it's too much sand. Anyways, it's but five minutes from the beach. Awesome. And then, so we were pregnant with our first. Okay. She was pregnant with our first. Okay. I was just around, you know. And so we were pregnant with our first, and I had an idea, and then we started talking, and I said, hey, I think God is calling us to Go leave this best life we've got going on. We were both on staff at a great church. And to start something from scratch in our living room, in a different part of town, or not different part of town, in a different city, in a different state, and we didn't know anyone. But God baited us with a purpose. But because I looked around church, because I grew up Muslim, I grew up and, I, and then, then I focused on really understanding what the church was, especially the Western church, and I realized something, that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week in the U.S. Did you know that? People play together, they work together, but they don't worship together. They don't worship together. I mean, it's like 20% even, maybe even less than people are, uh, churches are diverse, and God threw in this, I want you to start a church that reaches a diverse group of people. I want you to leave and go after and create a place, a social experiment, if you will, to gather very diverse people because that is what the church looks like. And I want you to do that. I want you to do this new thing that I'm calling you to do. The problem was it was super scary. It was super scary. Let me show you what happened the first week. The first week, we started right here in North Lake, um, uh, the theaters here, and we were in the papers. I think I, I think I have a picture of the paper, and here's what the paper said. Let's see if we can put this on the screen for you guys. And it was, it was I was like, what? Check this out. Mosaic offers a what? A new way to do church. This was the week after we started. And I was like, yes! And then I was like, oh crap. What do we do? What have we done? What have you done? And here's why. Here's why. Because, because friends, like I said, 30% of, of congregations in the U.S. are, uh, or 20% are diverse. Here's the other issue. The other issue is that 
3% of the leaders that lead diverse churches, there's only 3% of those. So out of all the people, all the pastors out there, lead pastors and starting pastors and founding pastors, only 3% of the people are minorities. So there are majority white people that lead diverse churches all day long. Those are only 30%. But then when you go to black and Hispanic, you got about 3%. And then I did some research and found out, okay, how many of them are Pakistani? Zero. Yes. We had a 0% chance of making it happen. 0%. And you think I'm kidding. I, I did so much. I mean, Ashley did so much research. Let's just be honest here. And we're like, okay, who is the, is there an ex-Muslim Pakistani immigrant dude married to a white girl that's ever started a church? How did it go? None. No one. Zero percent chance of success. And we're like, let's do this. Let's make it happen. And we were creating this new way to do church. The city knew. And back in those days, people actually read newspapers. 17 years ago, there was such a thing. Such a thing. New way. Because I didn't know what we were doing. But I did know this. That God had put a purpose inside of us that said, hey, I want you to reclaim this message and this movement. I want you to reclaim the message and movement uh, of Jesus. God birthed this in us that there was, there, was, there was something that had happened to this pure message of Jesus and what the gospel and what the message was all about, that there was an energy that was lost, there was a vibe, there was a spirit lost in the church. The church was no longer known for grace and mercy, not to be, they were never, never, they were never meant to be these, this voice that was critical and wanted to control culture. It was always at war with culture. The message had been lost, it had been taken, it had been washed over. And then the then the movement have been taken over, and now churches have become this whole different thing, this, this club that you were involved in with people just who lived together and looked like the same people, just hung out together, and you had to believe certain things to belong to the certain group. And so no longer was the message and the movement of Jesus anything that God had in mind. And I got to be honest with you, as you look at the church in the U.S. versus the church in the, in the world, there is a very different kind of spirit. Because the problem is, is that here in the U.S., for some reason, Christians want to control everything. And when Christians want to be, control everything, they no longer become the church. Because throughout the scriptures, Jesus always gave away power. Never tried to control it. But that's what happens. That's what happens when you are focused on fear and control. You, 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 you do something with the message and the movement. And so we were like, you know what? We don't know what we're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. But let's just try this. Let's just try going after this. A couple of months later, another magazine, the Charlotte Magazine, came out with an article. This was a fun one. This was great. This was great. I think we have a picture of that one too. Oh, that, this one was awesome. I mean, I, I, mean, I kind of liked it. Like, yes. Yeah, what, what? Woo! Okay, okay, calm down, guys. Calm down, I know. Super hot right now, right? Yeah, there it is. There it is. But on, my, on my face, 
is uh, our passage, our benedictions, Ephesians. They're like, let's do, put it on your face. I was like, really? Put it on my face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Look at those curls, baby. <laughs> but did you read the title? Church light or what? Light. The article was basically about is this congregation, are people following God or Fossil? But it was a very gracious, very gracious article. But the thing, the problem was, is this new thing everyone was kind of leery about. It was so tough for us to get into a school. I kid you not. One pastor finally told me because I was like, listen, I'm trying schools. I'm trying schools. I can meet in a theater, but it's so expensive. We got to get into a school. And the guy was like, listen, I'm so sorry, but this is after 9-11. You look like this. Your name is Naeem Fossil, not Nikki Jacobs, whatever, okay? It's not. And you're calling the church Mosaic, which sounds a little bit like mosque. I was like, no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. There's a, there's a Q in mosque. Mosaic is, they're like, mosaic. I'm like, mosaic. It's a mosaic. Dumb, dumb. Like, it's mosaic. It's not. It's not. He, you know what he said? He said, hey, you want to get into school? I was like, yeah. He said, send a white guy. Yeah, and you know what? He was right. <laughs> I sent the whitest guy around. You could see right through him. He's so white. You're like, ooh, you see him. Got into a school, baby. By the way, who's the pastor? His name is that. Whatever. So that's why I don't even tell people I'm the pastor. I'm like, I'm one of them, depending on who you are. But I've been trying to, and we've been trying to convince people that I'm not a terrorist for 17 years. And if you think, I'm kidding, I'm not. Oh, I got stories and stories, but I don't want to get into that. What I want to focus on is the fact that we tried something, we saw God calling us to a purpose and stepped into it. And what if you would do the same? Like, what if you would do the same and you have 0% chance of success? You're like, name, name, you don't understand. Yeah, I, I, I actually do. I actually do. Like, I, there, there, there's, there's a huge chance of failure. But could God be calling you to that? Yeah, you're successful. Yes, your business, everything is good. Everything is sort of semi-good. You know, kids are sort of good. You're, 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 but is there more? But name, 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 I just want to get married. I just want to get married. Listen to me. Talk to married people. It's not all that. <laughs> Can I get an amen from someone? No, no shade on marriage. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're like, I just want to be married. Shut it. Take your time. You can get out of it. I mean, you can get out of it, but it's messy. And it costs a whole lot to your soul. So don't. Don't do that. But that's what Jesus did, though. See, Jesus reclaimed this message and movement. And I believe that if you are here, and if you're like, man, I, I love Mosaic. I, I, I'm part of Mosaic. Awesome. If you're like, I'm not really a part of Mosaic, but I'm here, and um, I watch online. I'm sort of, because after COVID, people are like, you know, I, I, I am part of Mosaic, but I'm always watching. Listen, if you're part of Mosaic, you watch, you contribute. Let me just tell you, you're, you're part of us. You're part of us, and you're helping us reclaim this message and movement of Jesus. That is why we exist. It will be 
the only thing. The, what, what does that look like? That means that we have to reclaim what it means. We have to be a diverse community that lives by faith, hope, and love. I mean, that's it. That's all we want to be because Jesus did that. I remember talking just recently to a person, um, and it was, you know, it's one of those conversations, and I've had those over the years where I had to just physically, just not, not physically, physically and in the room, not, it, this was not in the room, this was a phone call, but I was like, hey, listen, you should just not come to Mosaic. This is not the church for you. Because I remember talking about reimagining and reclaiming and revisioning, helping people rediscover their faith. And we have to relook at what the scriptures look like. We have to reimagine who God is. And she was like, I feel really nervous when you say reimagine God. He does not need to be reimagined. And I was like, you should stop coming to Mosaic. Because there are so many great churches who've already figured out who God is. We are not one of them. Because we're going to just keep on reimagining and rethinking and rediscovering and renewing and reinviting ourselves to join this mystery called God. And so if this is not for you, we're here. We exist to reclaim this thing, reimagine this thing. And we're doing this with, with the message, with the scriptures, and what a Jesus community truly looks like. Because Jesus did that for God, for people. Let me take you to a passage of scripture really quick. It's Luke 19. It's the story of Zacchaeus. It says here, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief. He was the chief what? Tax collectors. We love those people, don't we? Right? Back in those days and even now, no one liked taxes. No one. He was a tax collector in the region and he became very wealthy. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree, uh, fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked at Zacchaeus and called him by what? Name. He was like, Zacchaeus, bro, my boy. He says, Zacchaeus, come down, quick, come down. I must be your guest in your home today. Now, see, I don't know if you know this, but in Middle Eastern culture, when you invite yourself over, there is a so much assumption right there. You're like, you and I are going to be best friends. You and I are family. It, it, here, maybe it's a little improper to go, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm coming over for dinner. <laughs> you only say that to family or people or when you're seriously broke, things like that. You know, you're like, uh, what are we going to do? Or you're like, hey, mom, I'm coming over. Oh, I thought you were going to, yeah, and then they give you grief, you know, but whatever. No, this is different. He didn't know the guy. He was like, I'm coming over. You and I got to hang out. You gotta, and I have noticed that I do this sometimes. I'm like, hey, we just need to hang out. They're like, I don't even know you. Yeah, but we do need to hang out. We just need to hang out. Like, we will be great friends. And this, this energy, this idea, this, this, this huge, um, big attention to this guy created ripples with the crowds. It did. Why? Because he's a tax collector, and here's the deal. He was a Jewish guy. He was taxing his own people and getting rich off of his own people. So they were like, we double hate this dude. And Jesus stops, and he goes, hey, hey, hey. He's late for other things, but here he stops to, for a guy on a tree and says, come on down. We got to eat. 
we got to hang out, which really changes people's mind about who God is. Because they were like, if this is the message, if this is the guy who's talking about God, then God does this? God doesn't do this. God does not like the person who is a tax collector. God does not associate with people like that. And so when we read the story, it makes total sense. What happens? Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house with great excitement and joy. But the people were what? They're displeased. He's gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. So basically, they're like, this is the worst of the worst. I cannot believe that he was. Do you, um, do you, do you know that rabbis didn't do that? Rabbis didn't do that. I mean, some of them you couldn't even touch. Rabbis didn't do that. So when rabbis represented God, God didn't do that. And for some of you, you're like, God would never associate with me. He will. He will because before you were born, he what? He knew you. So he knew you were going to be this person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did. And you're alive because he still loves you. And you're here because he still loves you. He believes in you. I don't even believe in God. It doesn't matter. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about this existence. It doesn't matter. You're like, no, 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 no. He left me. If God ever leaves you, you would cease to exist. He is the very breath we breathe, by the way. If he just took off, it'd be done. It'd be over. Jesus says this, right? And he goes on. He goes, he goes and has, has his meal. It says here, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half, I will give half my wealth to the, to the poor. Lord, if, I, if I've cheated people on their taxes, to which some people are like, yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. I will give them back what? Four times. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. And he said that just to tick off the people who were already upset. And then he says, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Friends, I don't know if you realize this, but the message back in those days that the rabbis were preaching was not this message that God pursues humanity. God looks at you and I and pursues us with purpose. You see, here's, here's what we understand something. Here's what we understand something. The, the most gracious people are convinced of the grace that's been given to them. You can't be really gracious if you haven't understood the grace that's been given to you. And so he is like, he cannot believe that God himself, in a sense, would come and spend time with him. He can't believe this. He used to think he was this kind of person. He changed not just his environment. He changed his identity. He was like, hey, hey, you're the son of Abraham. And he was like, oh, my gosh, you don't, you don't understand this because I tell you this. You know how many people have said to me because I've been doing this for so long, cheating my own, my own people that the son of Abraham thing you threw in there is very intentional like you just you just changed it 
So it's what I want you to know, friends, is like if you are looking for purpose, it's connected to what God has been doing in you and through you and what he's doing in this world. If you've been struggling with identity, I got to be honest with you, your identity when you come to a relationship with Jesus forever changes. You are no longer a Christian. You are a church. Like you're, you're a church. You, 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 are the, you are the church. He, God never wanted you and I to become good Christians. He wanted us to become the great church that he was building. Like that, what do you think he was trying to do? Would you think that Jesus came into human history just so you and I could have a regular prayer time? So you and I could have a daily devotional thing and stop cussing? Some of you, you know that's never going to stop. You know that. Guess what? God, he was like, oh, I know. They'll never stop. It's all right. Stop even apologizing, okay? But he didn't die for that. He didn't come for that. He didn't live for that. He lived so you and I could understand purpose in our lives. And so when we understand that, we go, oh, my gosh. So we're going to baptize people today. And let me just tell you, this is not the confession of them coming and saying, I'm a Christian. No, 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 no. It's deeper. It's a... I am joining a community of people that are called the church. I'm no longer identifying myself as whoever I want to be with all the descriptions I have. No, no, no. I'm drowning everything, and I'm being raised back into a new life with a new identity called the church. And that's why, that's why Jesus, people who were baptized uh, in Jesus' name, had been already baptized before by John. No, 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 this is something different. This isn't like I'm going to become a better. No, 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 no. You're becoming, you're stepping into purpose. You're stepping into purpose, and it's bigger, and it's deeper, and it's connected to what Jesus did. His way of saying, hey, God pursues humanity. He pursues humanity, and he's calling us to do the same thing. He stopped and made a big deal because of about Zacchaeus because he wants us to stop and make a big deal about our coworker, our, our roommate, our people in our group on social media. He wants to make a big deal calling people who seem to be notoriously going a different direction, calling them back in, reaching out to them, saying, hey, you're invited and you're invited and you're invited. You're invited and you can come and you can come and you can be a part. And God's given us that as our purpose. If you don't believe me, I mean, this is, this is Paul talking about and telling this Church, reminding them, he says this in 2 Corinthians, he says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting what people's what? Sins against them. He, he's not going to do that. And then he says, hey, you know this is what he's been doing. And he gave what? He gave us, us, this wonderful message of reconciliation. And that's why. We have to reclaim this message of Jesus. That there is hope, not for some who believe a certain way, not for, for, for a few. There's hope for what? All people. All people. 
all people. There's hope for all. There is no like belong. No, there, there isn't like, like there's, you got you to gotta believe something before you can belong. And the, I don't know about this. And what about those people? No, it's for all people. So when God looks at, at humanity, he doesn't go, wow, that American church, uh, uh, you know, vibe is that happening. Oh my gosh, it's really cool. That movement there. No, 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 no. I don't know if you know this, but the movement of Jesus, Jesus has been moving. It's been moving. Where's the epicenter of the church, of Christianity? It started in Arabia, Jerusalem. Started in Nazareth. Started in those places in the Middle East. It has continued to move. If you go back to Islam, one of the biggest religions out there, the movement is not a movement. It's a religion. It started in the Middle East. It has stayed what? In the Middle East. Same with all the other ones. Same with Hinduism. Same with Buddhists. Buddhism, it stayed. The only thing, because it's a movement, has been keeping on moving. There are more people in the Middle East coming to faith in Jesus by visions of, 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 of him than, than people in the U.S. Any day, all day. It's moving, my friends. And that's why we have to reclaim not just the message, but the movement of Jesus, Matthew, in Matthew, Jesus and Peter are talking, and he tells this to Peter. He says, I tell you, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my what? Church, and guess what's going to, and the gates of what? Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be what? Loose in heaven. He's saying, I'm building this church, this community that has so much supernatural power. And here's what I'm doing. I'm moving away from, or actually I never did, but I'm going to move away from this physical location, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the big thing. I'm moving away from being and filling spaces that are buildings. I am putting my spirit into actually beings. I'm putting them into you, the church. That's so so if you guys leave earth, if, you, if your goal is only to get out of this place, then power goes out too. But as long as the church is here, there is power, supernatural power. I can't explain it. I'm not quite sure. Is it, is it things like I just say the word and it happens? No, that's magic. Harry Potter, that's not happening. Okay, I don't have a wand. No, that's not it. And when we use scripture like that, like magic, like da, 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 that, that's dumb. It just is. It just is. Because what he's saying here is that there is a movement of people who will live a certain kind of way and they will leave a legacy. They will lose certain things in heaven and on earth that I'm telling you, the gates of hell cannot come against it. And the reason why he says gates of hell is that the church moved towards what? Hell. You're like, I'm sorry, what? Hold on. This is a, we have reclaimed this message. Oh, oh no, we are headed to all the hell? No. What he's saying is that there are people so filled with God's power, I'm going to give you so much power that you will not run away from pain and darkness. You will not run away from people's sin. You will not run away from people being notorious. You will not run away from, you will, you will not focus all on just trying to get into heaven. That the gates of heaven will not prevail against it. No, he's saying, no, the church will move towards pain and suffering to rescue and save, to seek and what? Save that which has been what? Lost. 
that the movement of Jesus, the church, moves towards pain and suffering, goes and starts banging on, ripping apart people's darkness and loneliness and grief and pain. And he says the gates of hell, the darkness, will not stand against it. And that, my friends, is what God is inviting us to. He's inviting us to that. He is. And it starts with us recognizing that we're the church. We're not this club. We are very diverse. We need to be that. We need to be. I remember the first time. Not the first time, but I remember this conversation. This person was like, hey, could you stop saying the word diverse? I literally had that conversation. Stop saying the word. You know, and this person has been coming for a while, and I'm like, oh, wh- I'm sorry. Sorry, what? She said, stop, just stop saying the word diverse. I'm like, so, but, but we are. But we are. He's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. We're just people. We're not different people. We're just people. I'm like, you know I'm not white, right? Like, you know, like, you know I'm from the Middle East. You know English is not my first language. I'm in Urdu. Okay? I don't know where you are, but Which means I'm not from the U.S. And I'm like, what? She's like, stop, stop. I said, so you, and, and the problem with the conversation was is that I was harping on the fact that we just don't have diversity. We are diversity here at Mosaic. And the person was like, just stop. I'm like, listen, listen. Hey, I just want you to know I love you, I love you, but it's in their name, Mosaic. I know you all this whole time, you thought it was a mosque, but it's not. There's no queue. But it's Mosaic. It's implied in the what? Name. So if you have the same people, it's not a mosaic. So let's just shut the doors down because I left a non-mosaic church to start one. Because this is what the next existence, the next heaven, this is what life after looks like. Extremely diverse people different backgrounds. We're never called to be the same people because when he formed you, he what? He, he knew you. And he called you and set you what? Apart, not the same. He set you apart. You're supposed to be this weird. You are. Some of you guys have taken that too much. Okay? But you're supposed to be like that. You're not supposed to look like everyone. Have you seen what people do when they begin to alter their faces and their bodies to look like a certain person? Have you seen the, the darkness in that? The pain in that? When I see people trying to morph their bodies, and I'm like, you look like a cartoon. That you're never supposed to look like this. Everybody, we're, we're supposed to be very, very different. And so, friends, I think we're doing it. We are doing it. We are doing it. We're making it happen. And you would think, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But check this out. Princeton University, um, several, last year, contacted us. They wanted to do a study. They were trying to uh, interview and study the top diverse churches in the U.S. We apparently made the list. But, but, but they were like, we'll study you. We'll find out. We'll find out. So for months, they interviewed us, interviewed some of you guys, uh, attended our meetings, things like that. And then this one quote, I'll just read one quote from the author, said this. says, as a Korean-American female 
who is habitually aware of racial and gender diversity and used to feeling like a foreigner in most worship spaces, I was amazed that I felt extremely comfortable throughout the service. I believe what contributed significantly to my level, comfort level, was the diversity that is visible at Mosaic. And the good thing is, you can say all the stuff. You can make your own, you can write your own profile on Instagram. But it's a really non, an amazing thing for other people to go, let me just tell you, I know what you think you are, but let me tell you what you really are. And so I still look at that and go, okay, we're done. We're good. We're good. 17 years, it was a good run, hon. It was good. But we are still, we're just getting started. This COVID situation, man, it got us. It got so many people. You know, in one study, there are uh, 2,400 less pastors. Um, not, not back there, but there's 200 <laughs> less pastors in, in uh, so, yeah, there's another church there. Anyways, so, whew, uh, pastors after COVID, okay? I'm praying for one more. Okay. Anyways, no, 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 no. Joking. I'm joking. Joking. Am I, though? Okay. All right. So, but there's so much. There's so much stuff that we need to do. There's so much. And I want you to know, like, I joke about this. And those of you who are online, you can't even hear what we're talking about. Um, but... God put us in this space like eight years ago. Like I, 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 I kind of made like a circle around a map and I was like, I think God's calling us to a place. And he wanted us to build a, 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 like a hope center, a tool to uh, serve our city and to grow our community. And we've been able to do that, my friends. We've been able to not just have this space, but other places. And so I just want you to know that we're not done. And here's the deal though. The next 17 years is going to require all of us to come together. All of us, as in like, I need you to create the next generation, the next rendition of what Mosaic will look like. You're sitting on the shoulders of people who've been here for 17 years and created this. People who've given, people who've served and, and have accomplished this. But there's so much more. We are going to bounce you one day. We have already purchased two other spaces here that we're using, if you didn't know. We're looking for other places, and here's why. Not because we want to rule the world. No, not at all. Because we're convinced that to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus requires us to look at church buildings and go, these are going to be tools, tools to serve our community. And we've been doing that. And I can get into all the things that this building is used for, and we have we have a school staff here, even this morning. You guys are sitting out right there. They're, they know that this building's been used so many times, and we're always going to do that. We're always going to do that, but we have some goals, and I want you to help me hit some of those goals because we can't do it without you. We have to look to the future. So what are our goals? Here, here, let me give you a couple of goals, okay? First of all, we have some growth goals. One is that we, we, and I will talk about them next week as well, but we want to grow with our community. We want 10, 10 new groups, 10 new groups by the end of the year, as in like smaller groups, communities. We do different things, but smaller groups are growing together. We desperately need that to step into what God has for us in the future when it comes to just our community goal. We also have a giving goal. And our giving goal is this. 
Man, COVID hit all churches, hit us as well. 20% down. And we've been rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding. But we have a goal of having 30 new people giving regularly. I call them percentage givers. Because those percentage givers we can count on. As in, uh, we can budget from. People give generously here and there, and I appreciate that. But there are people who give online just regularly. We need 30 more. So if you are like, you know, okay, name, what, what is, how can I be a part? I'll tell you what a practical way is be one of the 30 that begins to give. Because we've got to increase our budget. And so could you be one of the 30? Could you be one of those 10 small group leaders that could help us start those things? Could you? We've got a goal that in the fall that we want to go to two services because we've been rebuilding. We used to have three services before COVID. We had to shut down a campus as well. But we have to rebuild. And I got to be honest with you, 70 years into it or 15 years into it and COVID hits, man, I'm like, I don't, I don't know about this. But the purpose is so much bigger, so much bigger than if it all kind of burnt down, I'd start again. I'd start all over again. Do I feel like that every day? No. <laughs> right now I do. But I'm here, we're here to stay for the next 17 years. And friends, I want you to be a part because we can't do it alone. So would you consider being caring for our people? Would you consider starting, starting to give uh, to Mosaic? Would you consider inviting people to Mosaic so we can go to two services? Would you consider all those things? Because here's the deal. The deal is, is you were created on purpose, for purpose. And it's not just your career. It's something deeper. And if you're here and you made the time to be here and you, you, you're listening to me, and I thank you for listening to me, I want you to know that God wants to use you in such a profound, profound way. And he chose you, chose you. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God leads you. I want you to leave this place going, I, God's called me to a purpose here. I want to use my gifts. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to, give you more tools how you can, and steps of how you can become that. And let's reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So as I end, I want you to stand if you will. Let's stand together. I want to read this Ephesians 1 over you. You know, I, uh, Jesus prayed for things, but he also prayed against some things. And I just want to pray against fear insecurity, shame in your life. I want you to know that, um, that if, if you just feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just too hurt by the church. I'm not quite sure. I fear a lot of things. I just want you to know that your purpose is bigger than that. It's, it, it's worth you fighting and getting healing. If you're like, no, I'm just, I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't have anything to offer. You'll always be told you have nothing to offer. You'll always be told but that, but that someone else has more. But here's the truth. That when, before you were born in the womb, he what? Knew you. 
He knew you. And if you are wrapped up in shame and you're like, I'm too sinful, the good news is that he came for you. He came for you. You're like, Naomi, I'm so lost in my sin. Yeah, he came for you to seek and to save you who were lost in darkness and loneliness, lost in your pain. He came for you. So let me pray this over you. Let's pray together. Lord God, I pray from Ephesians. I pray as Paul said. He says, my prayer is that light will flood your hearts and you will understand the hope given to you when God chose you then you will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all God's people God I pray that over us that we would not allow pain to be bigger than our purpose that you made us with and for that God, there are people who are going, I just, I need to be a part. I, I need, I want, I know. God, I pray that we will be reminded today that we are in the right place. We get to partner with you to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus. God, I thank you for the people even who are being baptized, reminding us, God, that the next generation needs us. It needs us not to quit. It needs us to give. It needs us to be generous. It needs us to serve. It needs us to do all the hard things we can do so we can set up our kids and we can reclaim a little bit more of the message and movement for the next generation. God, I pray. I pray as we respond to you, you would just, you'd fill us, you'd fill us in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.